0: there, nerds, and welcome to Crit Chat, where a group of DMs get together every single week and discuss the important things in life, like how difficult it is whether to know whether your character is mad at another character, or whether your, like, actual human self is mad at the friend who's controlling said character. This week we have with us Adam Terry. Hey there. Uh, We have Emily, Emily Kuklinski, also known as The Punny Emily. Hello. And James, also known as Lord Mage. Hello, and of course we have me as your host, Ismay Hutton, also known as a Teacup Gamer. So everybody, this week we are talking about how to engineer better role playing at the table. Um, I think this is like kind of like a really cool topic um, because like not only can it help out people who are just starting out in their D and D playing adventure, uh, but it also helps DMs who kind of want to take their, player to, their players to like another level of immersion and I don't know, getting them a bit more into the game. Um, I mean, like, obviously the desired end result is for the players to become one with their characters, so you don't know where one begins and the other ends, like I have with my main character. But, like, how do we get to that point is the real question. Um, But first off, so, uh, James, you were uh, wanting to bring up the importance of, like, Session Zero and how that can kind of help.
1: um... Well, yeah, Session Zero does come in handy, but a lot of DMs tend to call that just character creation. But in reality, it's sitting down with each person at the table in real life and deciding where the person's going to grow up, meaning their character, not the player. Mm-hmm. Taking their concept and pulling all the finer details out to where they can actually feel like they're they've lived 150 years as an elf in mm-hmm. the in the setting. Now, objection, some settings have the...
0: <laughs> oh, we have an objection. Oh
1: Objection?
2: We've
0: never had an objection before. This is so formal.
2: Some of us are restricted to playing online. Mm. And, like, the courtroom to uh, to respect that, thank you. Uh, well, the courtroom is acknowledged.
3: <laughs> it has been acknowledged, thank it, you. Please <laughs> go on with your testimony.
1: <laughs> even in a virtual tabletop, you're still sitting down in the real moment with people through the internet. See, for me, I visualize the virtual tabletop, as the real table. Okay. So this way I can go, you're sitting across from me, I don't see you as some anonymous name Mm -hmm. through the screen. I'm gonna say, Adam, roll for your character. Okay, so you are missing your action, man. From
0: this point on, the court shall recognize that in lieu of sitting at the table, it also infers people playing online. I am the court now. So
1: shall
3: it be.
0: So shall it be.
3: (laughs) Hello, welcome to the players' court <laughs> live.
0: Imagine Judge Judy just fucking the- having the look of utter disbelief and confusion on her perfect, perfect angel face.
2: Judy, they should uh, roll every time they object, and if the roll is successful, then they successfully get to object. <laughs> I
1: like but don't forget. That. But don't forget, I get the counter roll to see whether or not oh, I yeah. agree with your objection, because I can always object your objection
0: you guys and then I'll just pun we're too far into the Emily
1: is free to pun she can pun it right now Uh,
0: I would like to do another objection right here
1: (laughs) but yeah the The (laughs) general importance of a session zero is so everyone is on the same page how you want to treat their in character as in you know treat them like an actor like tell them what their motivation is so they don't have to ask well what's my motivation Mm -hmm. your motivation is you're a bard who's poor who needs to go make some money that's why you're going into that town Mm -hmm. just name one class that tends to not be played often
0: but yeah no like i I like i like the idea of the session zero being like a good kind of starting point um and how to like get better role-playing because the same like there it's always kind of fun to have that first episode be where they all meet um, so, but at the same time, it's kind of easier for the characters to interact if you kind of establish that they met in the past, I guess, um, and maybe yeah. go through like so, how, like what their relationships are with each other and talk about it openly in like an out of character kind of way. Cause in character, uh, right. I've found normally when people meet for the first time, it's like however many players so like five or six people all sitting around being like no i'm the cool one in the corner that's not saying anything and it's just six people sitting around not talking to each other for however many hours and it sucks
2: yeah. Really good storytelling. Well let me let me ask you this. When oh you know, you have these sessions zeroes and you ask people to flesh out their character, well, good. They're on board, they're saying, Here's my character, here's who they are, um, you know, here's their greatest fear, here's what they went through in childhood. How much does that actually translate to session one, two, three, and then to the end? Because I found that, you know, I did that with all of my players and fairly quickly. It was hard for them to keep track, first of all. First of all, they didn't remember what they said about themselves. <laughs> And second, they uh, once they actually started playing and like living the character, they weren't. You know, they found they that the character was someone. Well, they found the character was a little bit different than you know they imagined. Okay. Like having a backstory is one thing, living it is is another. And you know we see that in in the one thing that you know the four of us have in common in terms of uh, story knowledge is that uh, Magnus Burnside's. You know when Travis wrote that character sheet and that backstory ended up being a lot more lighthearted a character than the, the dark backstory that he wrote. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that's what I've seen a lot of people do, especially first-time players. Yeah. For True. For reference um, for th- other
0: people, uh, Magnus Persides is from the very, very good uh, D&D podcast, The Adventure Zone, which you should all fucking listen to because it's absolutely phenomenal. us. Um, <laughs> it's just great. <laughs> like, you know, they're like a mom and pop kind of like, Franchise, so we might as well like help get their name out there, I guess, because we're charitable and amazing. But yeah, no, well, I, I to
1: answer your question, Adam. For me, session zero is establishing how they get to the starting town, wherever that be, mm-hmm. and how they grew up. Now, what you can do is mine their backstory, like Matt Mercer does with Critical Role, he mined all his players' backstories so he could write a narrative in the future that tied to their past. Like, uh, you know, if you're one of my players, cover your ears. Um, <laughs> one player had his his backstory was that his brother ended up uh, killing his family. So, what ended up happening is, is he lost his eyesight and he went through some trouble, trials and tribulation and he's a blind ranger with a wolf companion. It was a great story, so I let it happen. And later off in the session, I brought his this brother back into play at a distance and it freaked his character out and his character is now like refocusing his energies going I gotta find him and get my revenge Yeah. the trick is is you don't just give the because for me there's the concept backstory which is you know they just talk about it in session zero and we just move on then there's the actual backstory where they're sending it to you and they have a copy of it mm-hmm. and if they forget it you can just go here's your copy again yeah and then you know, as they're playing, you add to their backstory they're, you know you might say, well, they started off in the starting town, and then you then they experience this, and you can they can as they learn and live the character, that's where they make their notes, yeah, so you start with their backstory, and generally, if it's done right by by session six, they've either been traumatically traumatized because they've bumped into their backstory elements a little bit to see it happening and they're going to foreshadow it as a player and then they play it Mm -hmm. now if you have a decent well-experienced player who's also a dm he will go out of backwards to give you what you the backstory that you want five pages and then you know you can give them the latitude and freedom to basically you know if you need downtime and you need a player to do some espionage work and he's a draw and boom you can send him Say this is the basics, and he can flush it out and have fun with it. Yeah. The trick is, is the less work you do as a DM to get their character involved in the world, the player has more fun.
0: I think I think it's, it. I entirely agree with like Adam that like there have been times for when character when players have like talked about their characters' backstories and their motivations and how they were as characters in that kind of episode zero, or just talking to you beforehand about what they think their character is like. Um, that can change very dramatically when they actually start playing. I, I've had I've had it kind of both ways where people have started out being like, this is exactly what my character is. Um, and then being very militant towards that, which is like really cool, and they've been very true to the character. Uh, but I also think that it is it's very interesting to see people kind of have their character evolve as they start playing. Um, and that can be for a number of reasons. The the one that is less uh, okay. less integrating like your character into the world is that sometimes the player's actual emotions and personalities kind of seep in, um, so they end up just kind of being themselves and doing what they would do. Um, But the other is just that when they're actually playing this character based on the backstory that they were given, they're like, no, actually, I don't think that they would be like XYZ, whatever they said that they thought that their character would be like in the beginning. True.
1: And see, where the player makes that realization that, hey, I saw it one way and it's actually playing differently. Mm -hmm. That's just like real world. You, You go to school to be a graphic designer and you end up working in a coffee house and then you end up becoming a media mogul icon. Hey, that's what happens in real life. So, hey, it can happen in in the game world.
0: Yeah. I think um Emily you were talking b- before the start that um about like that kind of making that definition between what you would do and what your character would do. Yeah. Um my puppy
3: joined us too by the
0: way. <laughs> <laughs>
3: He is knocking on the door, and I'm like, oh, no. Oh, I felt like that guy in that video where it's, he's doing a live interview, and he's like, oh, my children are coming into the room. Good, yes. So so Spike and I believe that with <laughs> uh, with role-playing, it's you, you usually get lost. You have to, in session zero, like you were saying, is it's like <laughs> you have this idealized version of who your character is going to be, and that can work against you. Because at first, I think that either what a character, what a person will do when they make a character, is they'll either make them exactly like themselves mm-hmm. because it's always easier to go from a point of reference, yeah, or they'll make them the complete opposite of themselves, mm-hmm. and in both cases, uh, they have trouble kind of separating themselves from from the character from the character. Yeah. Um, like I, I remember the first character I ever played was called Kilta Oh,
0: oh yeah. Sh, puppy. <laughs> uh,
3: <laughs> Spike doesn't fondly remember uh Kilta. I played Kilta I guess, and the idea with her was like she really liked punning and she was which is a, which is a stretch. Yeah, I know she like I, pun, I don't know how she you was... managed it. <laughs> <laughs> She's very charismatic and she was awkward. And I was coming from that because that's what all I am. <laughs> and I think as the as the DM, you gotta be a little bit patient with with the players, especially if they're new. To be like, okay, yeah, you can start off being close to who you are, but as you go along, you gotta challenge. It's your point to challenge them and to really see um, who their character wants to become. So you know these first couple adventures let them ease into it but then once you start really getting into the crux of your story throw them um a situation where they have to choose between you know saving a bus full of children or burritos and see (gasps) what the most important
0: thing i
3: mean Uh, like i don't
1: want a bus full of children who have burritos
0: i mean they've already got their sticky kid fingers on it i don't fucking want their nasty kid finger burritos Uh, like a burrito
2: truck or a bus full of children
0: i mean that's also a terrible (laughs) terrible thing like who wants a bus full of children i could have so many burritos
2: I That's a great point, children. though, Emily made. Is there, there are a lot of ways to challenge your players to figure out who they are more. Uh, there are a lot of different mechanisms that I can take. Um, uh, I had a game where some players were in combat, and uh, I forget what the spell is called, but uh, a hag cast a spell that has to do you know, it, it causes a fear effect if, mm-hmm. if it's successful. So I asked each player who was affected by it to describe what their greatest fear was, and that, you know, forced them <sighs> to turn inward on who their character was to figure out uh, what they might be afraid of. The Ranger came up with her bow was broken. That's her greatest fear. Which I thought was pretty good. Um because she was a hermit, mm-hmm. have a lot else okay. going on. But, you know, that was she's actually really good at killing stuff with that bow. Probably has the highest DPS in the group, so it made a lot of sense. And then my brother was playing a bard and he had the same thing happen to him and the thing he came up with was red pandas. So now his character's afraid of red pandas, uh-huh. which is I feel like he didn't work really hard for that, but there are tons of ways to come up with mechanics. Another one I really like is uh, I'm going to be introducing a fortune teller into, uh, yes. into the game to see, you know, to basically workshop future and past with the players and sort of kind of give them guidance. Sort of the way that uh, James... James connected his actual story with his players' past. I've I've seen that done in other games that I really enjoyed, uh, where you, you bring back the backstory oh, that... I've
1: done more than connect their story to the past. I've sent them to the past. Oh, yeah. I've messed up the timeline of the world based <laughs> off of their actions. And now they're telling a whole new story as a result. Mm-hmm.
2: With a cousin that didn't actually exist. Or
0: like <laughs> you you've got even him. more important. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just making a stupid idiot reference to fucking Back to the Future about your mother wanting to fuck you because, (laughs) God, do we not talk about that enough as a popular thing that we all fucking watched? Uh,
1: No, as we established in a prior episode, it's about fucking demons.
0: Yes, but like, what if your mom's a demon?
1: (laughs) Oh man, then I'm part demon,
0: (laughs) Yeah, That's pretty cool. Ah, never mind. So that's why my mom's name is Sestia. (laughs) Uh,
3: I think, uh... Yes, we do need to look more into this and that in the future court case. Um, but for online gaming, like when you're playing on t- Roll Twenty, I think that's even more important because uh, you're it's it's harder for uh, a lot of like you're figuring out who your character is for a player. Also depends on how you interact with people because you know you can say everything and you can have all these monologues streamed up but it's like where dialogue happens where you begin to understand the nitty-gritty of who you are and so if you're playing an online game it's a little bit harder to foster that conversation between everybody especially if they've never met each other in real life so it's almost more important rather than throwing dungeons their way to throw more situations and role-playing opportunities at them at first I would argue yeah. like maybe have one little goblin fight in there for flavor and a wolf <laughs> or two,
0: but, uh,
3: maybe a bar isn't so bad of an idea. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm raising in, the in bar. Chat, this is, this is kind of like jumping back a little bit, but in chat, uh, Babakus, uh, brought up the, the, uh, fate system, which is another, uh, tabletop RPG system that you can use. Uh, one of the big mechanics in it is, uh, when you're creating your character to have their backstories mixed, um, And I've played the Fate System a couple of times in the past and that's always worked out really well in terms of actually giving better role-playing just off the bat Uh, just because in as I was saying in the beginning like even if you talk about it a little bit being like okay well you guys are in an adventuring party together um, just having like an open and honest conversation with everyone being like this is what your characters are like how do you think in this moment do you think you would react to everyone else in the party? Uh, which is always really interesting because then people are talking about like having a shared history and a shared past. Uh, some people come up with like lifelong friendships which gives you just a little more to jump off on. Um, I think we were saying on a previous episode, uh, that one of the benefits of being a cleric is that you have this relationship with a god and having that relationship automatically gives you more of a backstory uh, than other people. So I think that like the whole making sure that people have good relationships with the other people in the party really adds to the character that they make in the end. Because like, I'm going to get philosophical as hell here, but who are we other than like our reactions to other people?
2: Relationships between people and the energy created. Hey, I actually have a good counterpoint to... Ooh, uh good. Good role-playing comes from people reacting to other people in their party. I have a player um, who is, I think, the best role-player in my group. And he's a chaotic, neutral, bugbear rogue. And he honestly, everybody hates this guy. (laughs) This guy so much. He's stolen, like, all the loot that they possibly could have earned and, like, pocketed it without them knowing. Or, like, the thing is, they know because they're all on the same goddamn Skype call. (laughs) Their characters don't. (laughs) honestly caused a lot of havoc for these people um mm-hmm. and no one likes him but he role plays better than anyone else because he's following what he said his character was yeah which is like
0: then again that's that like it i feel i feel like it's the same point like it's not necessarily like a positive reaction that you have to everyone it's just that that relationship like that he's trying to kind of constantly get one over that's still a relationship it's a relationship of like a shitty person but like it's still a relationship <laughs> And so it just adds a bit more to the character itself, which I think is really cool. So it made the counterpoint a same point.
1: The other thing that comes in handy with, you know, virtual tabletops, if you have the ability, like with Discord, provide an out for the out-of-character communications that have nothing to do with the game. So that way, if the player wants to go, well, I'm waiting for my turn, but I want to say something. This way, there's no breaking uh, immersion by them having to send a text chat through the game or through the server, you know, that would interrupt someone else's train of thought. Uh,
0: Yeah, I think one of the the rules that we've kind of established at the table um, for, like, talking out of character, like, my my, my DM came up with it uh, just on the fly, and it's helped us so much. Uh, Is that anything that we want to say out of character, we have to, like, hold up our fingers and, like, give, like, that kind of fingers crossed for good luck thing, um, which shows that you're speaking out of character, which always... It's really helped. That has nothing to do with anything. I just thought it was like a really neat mechanic that like helped us distinguish the, the game from the characters or the characters from the
1: people. Whatever. And I know exactly where your, your friend DM got that idea <gasps> from. Did he uh, steal it
0: from somewhere? Has he lied yes, to me? Yes, he did. <gasps> there's, a
1: li- there's a live action ro- role play for the original World of Darkness, Vampire the Masquerade. And back then, if you went to a live event, you were supposed to cross your fingers if you're talking out of character. <gasps> And if your fingers weren't crossed, it was assumed automatically that you're, you were talking in character. So if you said the wrong thing without your fingers crossed, you got your character killed on the spot. Ooh. Objection. Ooh. The witness is not on trial. <laughs> oh. Sustained.
0: <laughs> I have no idea who's like in charge of this court, but I think that it's just all of us in a room screaming at each other thinking we're a bit the judge, which I like. That's my kind
2: of core. I wish there was or... a, a finger-crossed solution for virtual tabletops. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we don't use video in our Skype because it would be too clunky, and I'm, we're mostly focused on the tabletop. And, but a friend of mine suggested that we use a, a talking stick so people don't talk <laughs> over each other too much, which I, I said to him, how, how are we supposed to know who is the talking stick and how are we supposed <laughs> to pass it around across the country?
1: Well, the other thing you can do is establish with your players that if they want to talk as their character... They can roll twenty. They can use the drop down to select their character name, and then do the slash E M A S, and then this way they're emoting as that character.
0: Hey guys, it's Ismay here for the middle of the podcast break chat, or as I like to call it, the time where Ismay apologizes for all the goof ups that happened. So first off, Adam's audio quality is about to spike up um, because I can't remember if there is an uh, Audacity or GarageBand, but one of them said, Hey, Isbe, do you want to do a lot more work today? Sure, Um, I'm going to (laughs) stop working for the entire first half of this podcast. Um, So it's fine now. Um, It started working halfway through, so Adam's audio is going to become a lot more clear. Also, we don't know what happened with Emily's audio, but it's a bit goofy in that the right ear is a lot louder than the left ear, and so I kind of tried to balance it out, but it still sounds like she was in the middle of a very echoey room, but, like, definitely to one side of you. It's a bit jarring, so I'm sorry about that. We don't really have any plugs this week, other than the usual come over to a TikTok gamer on Twitch so that you can see me gaming, but also watch these good, good shows in a good, good live setting. Also, you can download all of Quick Chat off of SoundCloud and give us a follow there, share all the things, and like all the things, because why wouldn't you? Because this show is goddamn amazing. We are also on iTunes, where you can go and leave a five-star review and leave us a nice comment, uh, or a terrible comment. Uh, really, all, all advertising is good advertising, but also please don't leave a mean comment. I will cry. Also, wherever you're listening to, you can probably find the link to our Discord channel, so you can come and chat to us there. But other than that, you can come and watch us Tuesdays live at 5pm GMT on A Teacup Gamer on Twitch. And I will see you there. Also, get ready for us talking a lot of bullshit again. And oh, hey, get ready. There's some actual good advice. And for once, guys, for once, for once, Ismay does not good advice. So get ready for me actually contributing anything to my fucking show. Anyway, um, to get us back a little <laughs> bit more on track, um, uh, I think one of the, the things that me and my, um, my DM that we've got kind of going on in our group, um, one of the things that we've kind of implemented that has really helped with our role-playing aspects and making the characters understand themselves uh, each other more uh, is every week after we play, uh, we ask for two things. One is kind of a, hey, this doesn't take long, it would be nice if you did it. The other is a completely optional, you know, if you have time thing. Uh, So the first thing we do is ask a question about the character. Uh, And it can be anything from things that you might use in a coming episode, like is there someone from your character's past that they remember fondly? Or is there someone that they remember poorly? Uh, Maybe not necessarily someone that's like a big, proactive person in their life or a big antagonist, but just someone that may have like looked at them the wrong way or like have been their friend for like a little while. Um, Or it can be something that's completely innocuous just like to flesh out the character more, just like what's their favorite color? Like, did they have any pets when they were younger? Uh, Just little things that make everyone just think a little bit more about their character. Uh, The second thing that we ask um, that is the most completely optional thing, because it can take a lot of time if you want to, um, is to write a diary entry for the past episode. Um, So it's very much up to the players how much they want to write. Like, for instance, when when I started doing my diary entries for my character, we started. I started off just doing like bullet points of like this happened. I felt like this. This happened. I felt like this. Um, but as it went on, I started writing more and more, uh, mostly because I had uh, more and more free time, because uh, of my lack of uh, normal human life with friends and shit. But it, it was it was a nice thing just to kind of go back over and reevaluate what like the actions that your character took. And even if sometimes in it, you realize that your character kind of acted a bit different from how you would set up your character's personality to be like, that was something that I was able to look at and take forward so that I could change it in the future so like, I, I, would, I would very much recommend doing that and if um, the, the, other, the other guy that does this is Robbie if he was here then he would 100% be able to tell me where he took that from because it was from someone else but I have no
1: idea sounds who. like it's from his therapist
2: <laughs> cross
1: <laughs> your fingers young man if you want to talk to me then
3: oh, no. <laughs> I would like to talk about your
0: past yes I will okay, ask you one question that's... and then you will give me a diary about it Oh, but it, it's—I don't know—I I think that it's really—it's really helped, especially the questions one, because um, if you have uh, players that like, I feel like normally when you're playing, you've got people that are either super into it or they enjoy it, but it's not as all-consuming in their life as D and D has become for me. Um, so for the ones that it's just a little bit less of their priority, just asking a question or two really makes them think for just like a second about how their character would react and I feel like from that we've had like a lot more I don't know like whole good role-playing from it so that's that's something that I would recommend I really like that
3: especially for like a like bookier for
1: bookier players that was very good. I might implement that in my games.
0: Yeah, no, like, I I, I would very much recommend it, it like, because, um, yeah, as soon as as soon as soon my de- DM implemented it, I could see just, like, a really kind of visual, well, not visual, but, like, a visceral, like, change in people's role-playing abilities, because uh, it's just, like, even make, like, and, and it's, it's a nice thing that kind of makes you also confront metagaming sometimes. Um, for instance, like, one of the times that he asked me, um, about about characters from, uh, or, like, people from my characters past, um, and I mentioned a couple of them, and in, like, a session or two later, the, the hint of one of them came up, and it was me sitting there being like, okay, now I have to, as Ismay know that i'm pretty sure that that's the same character that i just mentioned but as my character she would have no idea because this person is so in her past um so it's it's also a nice little thing that makes you kind of separate yourself from the character I, i just i
3: feel like if there was like a sound effects button i would just clap i would (laughs) <laughs> and do the clicking
0: on it and just make it like applaud. Just like and a, like Yes, Ismay. You, you yeah. do. Oh, if Good. everyone had a well done Ismay button, I would make everyone carry around at all times because, like, I could I could use that support <laughs> in day to day life. Or, like, everyone just doing, like, the um, poetry clicking just in the background. It's like, y'all, <laughs> I'm, I'm into that. Dilly Dilly. <laughs>
3: Oh no! What Ooh, the hell is Dilly? There.
2: Oh, never mind. I don't need to. Um, <laughs> sorry, I thought my levels got real hot there.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> I heard sad
1: I dogs. think someone I has a problem sad. with dill pickles. No,
0: oh no.
3: Sorry, my puppy's whining. Um, Hold on, I'll be back. Oh, I'm baby. so sorry. It's He's so, such a so child. Bad. He's role-playing correctly. He's like, I am a dog, and I am not getting attention. And, and that's very The dog well failed
1: his constitution check and must be let out Aww. to go. Yeah.
3: Um, Hold on, I'll be right back. I'm okay. sorry, everybody. Don't
1: worry.
0: Um, okay. But, like, does does anyone else have, like, anything that um, they kind of have done in the past to help engineer, like, better role-playing? Uh, like, the that's cl- not what the entire thing is about, but...
1: The closest thing I did is... is uh, I gave my players each a a note journal that they could use if they wanted. But I also gave them access to other things for them to keep notes on, like the towns that they visited Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. I have one player who was really interested in what time of day it was. What day of the week it was, what time of the day it was. So as a result, I ended up having to uh, get a calendar API (sighs) system. So it would make my job easier so he could be more immersed and know that it happens to be the, the third of night 1486, it is more, <laughs> mid-morning. You know, he was a token uh, halfling if he ever was ever anything but.
0: I think, uh, yeah, I think that that's, that's kind of like carving on one of those, one of the points that we, we've made quite a few times on this show that one of one of the important things to immerse your players is to just listen to the things that they're interested in and make them maybe a bigger deal than you would have originally done like so yeah so for instance like if one of the things that makes your player more immersed in that character is knowing about like the times of day or the day of the week that it is then yeah do a little bit more about that and that makes them feel a little more comfortable in the skin of their character
1: Mm -hmm. and to expand on that as a side effect of him wanting to know what time of the day it was another player who ended up developing lycanthropy was God. like, well, is when's the next full moon? I was like, oh, well, let me get that implemented. And mm-hmm. now he's like, oh, there's a full moon. Ooh. You uh, know, it's great that the players want to take advantage of the things that other players helped me implement. Yeah. That's the that's best thing.
0: That's really awesome. Everyone joining together to be good role players. I love it. When everyone's passing their charisma, I'm so happy. <laughs> um, I think, like, one of the things I was thinking about, um, is, uh, I, I was talking a bit about, like, m- how to make older players maybe get a little bit more immersed, um, but in terms of, like, new players that, because I, I, at least for me, when I first started, I was so hesitant to do or say anything in character, because it felt fucking stupid to me, um, also the crippling social anxiety probably didn't help me being like, oh yes, right. let me talk like this fancy elf boy. Like, it d- didn't didn't work out so well. But yeah, I, I think that uh, one of the, the important things for being a DM is to make everyone feel comfortable enough to put them in, like, to, to put them in their place so they can, like, have fun with their characters, um... So one of my one of my pieces of advice for making other people comfortable is to make yourself as a DM the most uncomfortable, and put the <laughs> stupidest voices on for every character, um, like for like I I did that with my my group, um, fully under the knowledge because like we're we're all Scottish. And uh, one of the most shameful things of my existence is I can't do a Scottish accent, even though I've lived here my entire life and I am a Scottish woman. Um, so nice. me doing a terrible Scottish accent kind of put them more at ease and allowed them to do a bit more role playing because they're like, "Oh, well, this idiot is making a
1: fool t- of herself." Can't do it, then. Hey, why not?
0: yeah. Why don't
1: I just yeah. not do it as
0: well? <laughs> and
1: it's, yeah. it's
3: also. Uh, Oh, the puppy pooped, by the way. I thought you would all want to know.
1: Uh, (laughs) I win my perception.
3: (laughs) I just wanted to let you all know, it was a good, healthy poop. Oh, I'm so excited. uh, Thank you.
2: I didn't want to (laughs) say anything, but I could smell it.
0: That's fine. (laughs) Uh, Honestly, I was thinking about that, like, the entire time. Like, well, if this puppy poops, is it going to be a healthy shit? Like... How do I go
3: Tell on with the podcast?
1: Every puppy poops.
0: We,
3: we feed him very well, and it was it snowed a lot last night, so he didn't want to be out for too long. So it just like went right out. So
1: oh, oh you mean right on the front step? Oh, amazing! This
3: is terrible.
1: <laughs> Dutch truck um,
3: So speaking of poop, uh, yeah. uh, it's really a good idea for as a DM not to be shitty. Uh, and, and, uh, I wasn't even, I, I I don't even I'm, not, I'm not even
0: counting that I'm not counting that on your like pun meter That was just bad Thank
3: you, I try my best to make sure I have a good balance <laughs> of good and bad puns I mean, for oh you, my. I can't get you too comfortable with really good ones because I don't have as much confidence to always <laughs> deliver. My, my
1: best puns are, are made in a bakery and the I bad have... ones always make you feel like you brought a sheep into the room. What the Someone fuck? evidently goes, that was bad.
0: I'm going to leave this podcast.
1: Yeah, seriously, I'm, I'm hanging up right now.
0: <laughs> I, know, no I can't I hang up. I need friends. to keep on going. I have going things for the to do today, guys. I just oh got God. back. <laughs> Play oh, <with> Lord. Me. <laughs> Play with um. me. Oh, Lord. But anyway, yes, not being a shitty DM. Go on.
3: <laughs> yes. I remember uh, the one, there was this one game that I played and I felt the most uncomfortable. Um, and I think it's also just something when you're not a dude and you're playing with uh m- in a, I don't know dudes. when <laughs> yeah like when you play on roll 20 um and you just want to play a game it's sometimes really hard to just you know play with other ladies or play with some people mm-hmm. who haven't really played role playing games with women before um mm-hmm. and I'm sh- I'm sure that the same thing goes for guys sometimes too but i was playing this one yeah, game we, and for
1: guys it's harder for us to get in a group with women because <laughs> of the other shitty guys that made the women yeah. uncomfortable yeah and there's Let's
3: have this our one own game... That, it's good <laughs> one game I was playing and uh every time I failed a role they decided to make it like a sexy fail every time. So like that I failed a charisma save, I tried hitting on the side. And uh oh, it's it's also listening. I it was the grossest thing and I remember looking at the DM and going, Hey, I, I know that you're a good guy. Do you <laughs> understand that I'm not feeling comfortable about any of this and then instead of listening to me as a player telling him that, you know, I was uncomfortable, it was oh no 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 no. This is fine because it's totally within character and oh you did fail a role. Oh boy. And the other
0: guys kinda jumped oh, in on
1: it.
0: Yeah, I and they're I, like, No, it's fine. I'm just going just I'm like just I'm like, gonna like... be quiet for a hot second because I'm just about to drink very heavily. Because yeah. hearing that makes me want to leave this planet.
1: Goodbye. I, I just cringe so hard hearing their reactions to you feeling uncomfortable. That oh my god! For your cringe. Yeah, like
3: Thank what you. the And heck? it was it, it was hard because I'm like it, it, the 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 worst thing is when you're a very empathetic person like me, <laughs> and you're like I know you guys aren't dicks. I know you're not dicks. This is just a new thing that you have to that you have to figure out. But unfortunately, my patience wasn't wasn't there and yeah. I had to leave the group which made me really really sad so like, it's um, like when you're playing a game hope to god you're not playing <laughs> with with 30 with year old men who don't oh. know how to how to, oh, how to really fail god. an interaction with a woman um, oh, you my know god. If, you're, if your player comes to you and says like even if it's just something about role playing where it's like hey I'm not really feeling that comfortable uh, with uh, in-person characterization yet. Is it okay if I still say things in the third person? Or Mm -hmm. um, uh, there's this element in Fate that I really liked when I played it once, where there's a system where if you have like a note card in the center of the table, and if at any point you feel uncomfortable, you can tap it. And... Oh, yeah. You just kind of yeah gloss over that interaction and you move on. I
0: I, I remember and... that from Fate. I like that a lot. That was really because I is... don't know, like I I feel like it's less prominent in real life games. Well, at least to my from my past experience uh, in real life games, uh, I've not had so much of an issue with people being kind of inappropriate and terrible. Um, yeah, because <laughs> they've all been with my friends, and my friends are pretty good. But there are like that point of like making like even if it's not that kind of nightmare extreme level making sure that everyone is comfortable with the things that you're doing um, like for instance like one of the the past sessions that we had uh, one of the the characters in it um, was very like a couple of them are very against um, people using uh, spells that like force people to do like because when you think about it they're kind of icky spells like things like control person or not control person but uh, dominate person and such a like when you're just like yeah the the person that you're doing this to will do anything that you want um and so just at the table um when the characters were having this argument and it was really good because it was like a very in character conversation that they were having when one was like well this is what i have in my repertoire that makes sense for my character and that's why they feel these things um but at one point it kind of spiraled into a weird place where the character that did have those spells like they were barred they had like control person spells um or like suggestion it was just suggestion so it wasn't even like that much of like a controlling spell it was just yeah a bit a bit iffy um and it went to a kind of weird place where they were like okay well like I, I get that you're saying that these people are not giving consent when I'm telling them to do this, but, I don't know, you don't give consent, like ask for consent when you're healing people. And it was just like kind of a moment of a couple of us at the table were like, okay, we're going to stop this here because we're feeling very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I get that this is what the characters feel, but a lot of us real-life people feel uncomfortable about the conversation, so it's just going to stop. Um, so, it's, yeah, it's the thing of making sure that you have to even if something is in character making sure that it's in character in a way that everyone at the table is still having a good time because that's mm-hmm. what D&D's all about.
3: It's uh it, it always reminds me of the do you guys ever watch Avatar the Last Airbender? Yeah. The, Hell the movie? Yeah. Wait,
0: the movie
3: okay. or
1: the, the, the there is the no one mo- movie. There is no movie. Don't worry uh, about best, it. Best
0: there is best no movie. Answer, best, there, there is okay. no
3: movie. Then yes, 100%. It um when as as a as a dm and who has had to go through crap things <laughs> um i always try to tell my my players and like hey the closer to bloodbending you get <laughs> the more we need to check what you're doing um yeah <laughs> cuz no nobody likes to be bloodbended um
0: oh <laughs> yeah, oh so no Some people might
2: no no one likes that That's... Don't, don't, no, but, no. Just
0: no, yeah, just a hot. <laughs> I'm
2: really uncomfortable right down. now, and if you're going to go saying that bloodbending is a fetish of somebody's, I will leave this conversation.
0: <laughs> I
1: mean, the <laughs> worst thing is <laughs> it
0: probably is, but no, like. Let's so mm.
1: sit down with the players at the end of the game. And go. It's one thing to bloodbend an NPC, but don't you dare bloodbend another player. Yeah. Cuz it's yeah. fun when you do it to an NPC cuz no one's feelings hurt cuz the NPC has no feelings. I mean, they're my
3: NPCs like, um, <laughs> in in theater, which is the main kind of background that that I have. It's um because when you're on stage, you also have to I oh my god, theater just has a problem with subject matter. But there are a <laughs> lot of uh really deep, disturbing and, you know, questionable things that happen in so many plays and Unfortunately, most of the plays I've worked on have been those depressing <laughs> Um And those method actors. Oh, I, oh no. I hate method acting. We can have a whole conversation about that. <laughs> but the, the main thing that like, you'll see in acting classes is that um, if you're working on, like say, a monologue from uh, uh, the, a Dancing of Lunasa, which is the first thing that I can think of, which is an Irish play, and uh there's like a character going through PTSD from the war the thing that the director if they're a good director will always do is at the end of the rehearsal or at the end of that scene you'll have a moment to allow the actors to decompress um and yeah. to like shake that off like whether it's physically or emotionally or mentally and they'll be like okay just take a moment let's do some breathing exercises let me have you jog around the room and it's just so that way you're not carrying that weight the whole time yeah. and to make you to bring you back to reality oop here comes gravity oop and eat some mom's spaghetti <laughs>
0: <It was> <laughs> spaghetti <laughs> so I think that yeah no like that, that kind of the same yeah thing. that, that <laughs> I like that like that kind of message of like yeah when like an element of how to make people more comfortable with role playing is if you make whenever people have been doing a lot of role playing to make that the most comfortable you can make it because um, yeah, I've had a few sessions that you know they've got they've got pretty heavy because like you know that's that's kind of the nature of people. every every television show that you watch, no matter if it's like the funniest comedy, it's always gonna have that one episode where it gets a little bit dark and a little bit real um, so making sure that even in those episodes that everyone in the end of it comes away comfortable and happy because that you know puts puts like a lot of... But it takes a lot of pressure off for good role-playing in the future.
2: What if you're running a campaign in which it's just an elaborate mechanism of torturing your friends and oh, ruining then their lives? No.
1: <laughs> I think that's actually called Monopoly. Not even- oh, my God.
0: <laughs> Do not mention the devil's sport on this show. <laughs> <I refuse. laughs>
1: Well, I <laughs> did just say whenever you play a game, and you mess with people's minds. I was like, that's Monopoly.
0: That's the worst game in the world. world. It's the devil's
1: sport. It's game. Oh, I'll be sure to game. tell that to someone who wants to play that game. It, who wants to play? Football the Football fans across have...
2: America just cringed at you calling Monopoly a sport. But uh, <laughs> we Let's have.
0: Looks like
1: mention EA Sports in the same sentence. Amazing the game. Sport.
0: We have so many good board games in this world, yet Monopoly, the most boring, lifeless game in this entire world, second only to Cluedo. (laughs) <laughs> no, no, it's first Cluedo, <laughs> No, never mind I don't know which I hate, I I hate more, but I hate those two I'm, When
2: I, I roleplay a thimble I roleplay a thimble, like.
0: <sighs> if, thimble If I was the president I um, would make my first order I will go around to everyone's house personally Steal every single copy Of Cluedo and fucking Monopoly And throw it in the trash Be better, be better at games I'm, I'm getting too hot, I'm okay Guys, <laughs> I might need but to decompress.
2: Yeah. Okay. What the hell, hell is five, Cluedo there? Run around, run okay.
1: around. Get
0: it's okay. I just have a lot of feelings on this. It's okay. Okay, I'm
2: back. What is this English clue? <laughs> like, I don't understand. <laughs> what... Okay, so Cluedo is Clue.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck. I forgot that you idiots call it Clue. It doesn't matter. What are you going to do in this What
2: is the do at the end of Cluedo? Cluedo, Clean do? do? <laughs> what does the do in Cluedo do? Uh,
3: like, Clue. <laughs> it's yep. just the British trying do. to up one up us at our own games. Yeah. Just like,
0: Wait. Hmm. Is Cluedo no upper?
3: Yeah. We have
2: the original Clue do. House here in Massachusetts, though. The original Clue House is in Salem, Mass. I, I've gone and seen it. Oh, shit. So shit. Uh, well, here's, oh, here's what happens.
1: The Americans create a game, then the Spanish or the Chinese translate this game, and then someone takes um, that and translates it again, and then you get Cluedo. Cluedo! It's just a bad translation of a bad translation of a bad Love translation. translation. Me and my
0: aluminium are going to sit here in the corner, and y'all can suck it. It's fine. What is everyone's
1: things about the good <laughs> look, look, art of the You can DC. go stand in front of the zinc, Missy.
2: Apparently <laughs> oh, the inventor of this game wanted to call it murder with an exclamation point. So,
1: uh, <laughs> I I mean, that's actually true. I think it was originally so called murder. Uh,
2: I'm that's looking so at the true. Wikipedia page right now, so uh, we know that's a truth. What about? Um, let's check that source what, actually just, real quick. Dungeons so and gonna...
3: Dragons is going to be called at first.
0: Murder. I was literally that about to like, is you know actually... what? Murder. Pretty good Dungeons and Dragons name. Pretty damn good.
1: Well, uh, <laughs> I think it was actually called Satanism. Uh, Reference the Satanic Panic back in the eighties. Oh, that's a whole yeah. other episode. That's another good episode. <laughs> um, but yeah, Satanic no, so... <laughs>
2: Panic is my favorite sex position.
0: Oh, see, we're back, we back, back to the sex. <laughs> oh, God. Um, Hello,
3: we would like yeah, to take no. a break from our regularly scheduled program to talk to you about safe sex with demons.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, remember? I'm pretty sure that is our regular scheduled programming. It gets a bit <laughs> off topic every so often, and we t- give actual advice. <laughs>
1: I am um, sorry for future Ismay who has to edit out half of this stuff just uh, so we have all the advice and then all the goofing off.
0: Nah, mm-hmm. it's all it's all it's all one in the same. How how can you like give advice if you're not talking about demon fucking? It's great. So when you're role playing the demon fucking, how do you do that? Now, um, for
1: uh, I, I pull out my tinker nose because it's always good to have tinker nose.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. Oh god, I have like a, I had like an actual, I had like an actual like real life help thing, but it's gone now because I'm too busy thinking about demons dancing all sexy in my head. Um, oh, that was it. So, um, I think that one of one of the things for like good role playing, it <laughs> feels weird to go yes. back to it. Um, like good good like role playing and making sure that people, I don't know, kind of like grow and develop their characters. Is um, leave a bit of space at the end of the at the end of the session, just maybe to talk about what happened in it. Like not not even like a formal sit down. Let's all go around the room and say what we are feeling about this situation, but just like working out like what like how your character has kind of reacted to the things, Uh, because God knows. Um, I made a goof at the beginning about not knowing whether you're mad at your friend or whether your character is mad at the other character, um, but it's not so much a goof, because it's so real life it hurts, because um, mm-hmm. uh, at, the, at the end of one game that we were playing, uh, one of my, like, my friend's character said something really horrific and terrible to my character, and real life Ismay was real life mad. <laughs> <laughs> and I hated it. Um, but I had to kind of like, we, we talked about it a bit afterwards. And like it was, it was just like one of those like nice moments of realizing that, oh no, like I like I'm gonna have to like kind of dissect this and think about what my character is feeling rather than what my reaction is at the time. Though, to be fair, it kind of like swapped over because I thought that my character wasn't mad and I was mad. Um, Turns out, I think that it was, like, the greatest, um, like, roleplay decision that my friend had made for her character. Because it was very on-brand, and it was going to make the story move along in a really interesting way. Um, So real-life Ismay is now super into what happened. uh, But I still have to deal with the hurt, sad feelings of my character.
1: (laughs) That's where your character gets to decide how they get revenge.
0: Yeah. But, like... She just wants everyone to be happy. I'm gonna get sad about my character again. The real life Ismay and the fake life character have become one, and we share a lot of emotions. It's okay. I I had a
3: very similar experience that you did too, where um I was, I was playing a game, and my friend Annie and I knew to the core that <laughs> uh like some of the things that the other players were doing were going to summon Tiamat. And we're like, no, yes. no, 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 no. We've watched one too many real crime shows. We know what's going on. Here. And we've read one too many fantasy books. Uh-uh, you shouldn't be hitting that person anymore. And nobody was listening to our characters. And then it also felt like nobody was listening to us as as players. Yeah. And uh, Tiamat, spoiler alert, that, you know, whatever. For uh, your Tiamat got summoned. Yeah. And we're like, I remember Annie physically left the room oh. and I followed her because we were both very upset. Yeah. And in that moment too, it was it was great because the other players were doing what their player was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Our players were very much doing what, or our characters were doing very much what our characters were supposed to do, but because we were so caught up in it, we also all got really <laughs> flustered.
2: Yeah.
3: And afterwards it was a good, like, us expressing to the everybody else like, hey, these are some things that we've been feeling before, but this is like the the peak moment that we felt frustrated while playing, and so it it, it allowed itself to have all of us have this really nice uh, conversation with one another on, hey, when how are we going to balance decision making in this game, especially now that the stakes are so high. And how can we make sure to balance out listening in future games? And especially with bigger groups, role-playing gets really hard because, you know, one or two people take up the the lead and then everybody else kind of follows suit. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's like those key moments that also, through role-playing, helps you become better people and figure out how to solve problems. in the real life...
0: The real life... Yeah, so yeah, make, make, like, like uh, the very important thing of role playing is making sure that when you're when you're in it, just make sure that at the end of the day, everyone's like good friends. Because otherwise, you're just role playing a character in a group of people that you've got a lot of sad and hurt feelings with. Um
1: <laughs> hurt feelings, get it out at the end of the game. Because if you get up, you're forgiving the player and you're going back to being friends. God, yeah.
0: <laughs> it's like everyone stand up, shake hands. <laughs> We're all friends. It's a good game. But we're probably gonna have. Together, (laughs) I will go in full on if we are singing High School Musical songs. But like, I will hang up Um, this
2: call. So help me, God.
0: High School Musical. No, I don't have time to bend about how good High School Musical is. Okay, (laughs) Uh, we're gonna probably have to start wrapping up around now. So we're turning back to the dreaded D four to see who's gonna start us off with our end of podcast thoughts. First up, we've got. Uh, who's first? First up, we've got Adam.
2: Why am I always first? I don't know. <laughs> well,
0: it's because because thing. I'm me. You're first in the chat, and I roll ones constantly.
2: All right. Because uh, so, my so, life
3: sucks,
0: awesome. so
2: my my I'm final thoughts are that if you're you, so. if you're playing in a game and you really want to get into role playing, that you should really take up the method acting sort of idea and spend most of your daily life in character as your character <laughs> until you're really yes. fully in it so that when you go back to play you can roleplay really well and if you're a DM you should probably do that and pretend to be schizophrenic uh, 24 hours a day being multiple people and talking to yourself
0: I mean I, I would say don't do this but like I've already done it it's my day to day life I am my D&D character <laughs> Just you be guys though. are hurting me like how dare you murder me like that um (laughs) up next oh we got emily don't follow adam's Mm -hmm. advice
3: uh you 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 don't have to method act if you don't want to uh the the main thing that you need to just if if you're having trouble keeping in a character's brain um it's and it's your first time out you can make them closer to yourself but allow yourself to start uh like after a session, what Ismay was saying earlier in the in the podcast, I really liked where it's like you write down like a diary for your, for your player and maybe even to write down like some ways that you could have improved uh, some of your character interactions. So that way in future sessions, you can look back on that and be like, oh, yeah, I remember that note. Maybe I should try to keep closer to that bit of my character. Yeah,
2: that's what I believe. Oh.
3: <laughs> that's my method
0: to not uh, method acting. <laughs> up next uh that's gonna be you james i'm going last Um, for once
1: i think the best advice i can give anyone is imagine your life if you were actually the player and had those abilities if your character it was a fireballing mage what would you do around town mind you keep it in construct of if you're blowing the town up they're gonna come after you And of course, if you're Adam, change your name to Zybert, so that way you're never first. You're always last. She rolled on it. She rolled out a D4.
2: I don't see how that changes the chances.
1: Because if she's rolling the D4 for one for A, Z becomes 257. Uh huh.
0: Um, yeah. no, Mar- I'm just like don't have your name first because I roll like shit.
2: You Unless have I'm the DM, guy. if I'm the
0: DM, I roll great, and that's why my characters have died a million deaths. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, uh, my my advice would probably be the one that I gave a little bit earlier. Um, that Emily took a little bit, but we've already been over stealing <laughs> is fine on this podcast because we're all thieves. Um, but yeah, if, if you if you want to um help make your players do a little bit better in their role playing um ask them after each session just one question about their character uh it doesn't have to be anything big and deep if like if your character if your players don't normally like writing a lot or thinking a lot about DD outside of the table um then it can be like really easy things like what was like did you have any pets when you were young and what were your pets' names? Just little things that make them think a bit more about their character, um, that can go forward and make you I don't know, like just give you a little bit more of a rich backstory, it makes you really care about this character. And if you care about the character, you wanna role play him better in general. So that is that's my advice. Um so that's yeah, that's gonna be it for this episode. Uh we don't have any plugs this week. Um, but of course you can find me on Twitch at a teacup gamer if you want to watch me play games. I do so most every day apart from, well, today for the podcast and Sundays because that's when I'm playing D&D. Um but uh, wherever you're listening right now uh, if you go into the description of wherever you are, uh, you can find our Discord channel to join in the discussion as well as a link to our SoundCloud uh, where you can listen to and download previous episodes as well as giving us a like on there following us on there, maybe commenting on some shit telling us how fucking amazing we are um, you can also find us on iTunes by searching Crit Chat in the podcast and you can leave us a five star review for this five star fucking show, also leave a comment on there, cause why not? If it, bonus points if you include the words "demon fucking" in it because we've got a brand to uphold. <laughs> um, and of course, so you can proud. follow a teacup gamer on Twitch to watch us live. Um, but we will see you next Thursday or next Thursday. Why do I do this? Next Tuesday at five PM GNT. Until then, I have been Ismay.
2: I've been at Real Adam Terry on Twitter.
0: I've been Emily at the punny Emily.
1: And I've been Lord Mage.
0: And this has been. The latest episode of crit chat hope you have a great day and my fucking audio isn't working again which is really really cool of it so we're just not gonna have an ending song i hate my life bye oh, guys
3: the <laughs> together,
0: uh-huh. together. Where, where, oh no it started <laughs> <laughs> Join us live on Twitch, Tuesdays at 5pm on A Teacup Gamer.